The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. She's an iconic supermodel. Paulina Poritzkova was the highest paid supermodel in the world. Her glamorous marriage to Hall of Fame rocker Rick Ocasek made them the ultimate it couple. She says she spent a lifetime being seen but has never been heard until now. For the first time, Paulina is revealing what happened behind the scenes of her picture-perfect life. I was waiting for him to leave his wife, and then a few months in, oh yeah, there's um, children involved. All the lies started as soon as we met. I opened an envelope that says, this is the will and a testament. I will not provide for my wife because she abandoned me. Oh, wow. He wanted to hurt me one last time. My parents abandoned me when I was three. Abandonment still is, I think, my greatest fear. So let's talk love life. Oh, love life, oh great. Men willing to sleep with women our age have slept with all my girlfriends already. (laughs) You sleep with him yet? Yeah, don't don't bother. A raw, revealing, and emotional RTT you won't want to miss. Witnessing the pain of my children was probably some of the worst things that has ever happened to me. I know that the day he passed that you found him, She's an iconic supermodel who says she spent a lifetime being seen but has never been heard until now. Paulina Poroskova, legendary supermodel. 
Paulina Poritskova was just 18 when she made history as the first Czechoslovakian woman to grace the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Vogue Australia declared her the face of the 90s, and she landed the most lucrative modeling contract at that time. When she was 19, she was in the music video for the band The Cars, iconic ballad, Drive. Who's gonna drive you home tonight? Where she met lead singer Rick Okasik. The glamorous couple had two sons, in 2019, Paulina and Rick were in the process of ending their 30-year marriage when Rick unexpectedly died. A shocked and heartbroken Paulina found his body. Oh, Days later in the midst of her grief, Paulina discovered Rick had cut her out of his will, leaving her feeling betrayed and in deep financial despair. Now, in her new memoir, No Filter, Paulina is opening up about it all. She's ready to talk, no filter. Welcome, Paulina. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. That is a gorgeous Thank you. color. Thank you. Yeah. I, the color is specific. I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, blue. Right. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Nice to so meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Hi. Look at you, beautiful lady. Nice to meet you. All righty. Ooh, red table. Yeah. <laughs> you look beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Look you. So let's talk about your book cover. No filter. And no there's no filter, no filter on the picture, right? Yeah, no filter. I make a point of not using filters ever because that's kind of my thing. Right. I, you know, trying to represent a woman my age, 57, uh, without filters. Right. You know? I am so delighted when I see a woman my age that looks like I do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, look, you have the same wrinkles or you have the same like little weird wobbly bits here. Yeah, right. And I find it beautiful on them. So I'm kind of hoping to do for other women what some of those women do for me. Yeah, right. I, I was really excited to talk to you specifically for that reason. I just turned 69 a couple of days ago. What a beautiful 69. Yeah. Thank you so much. But that's the thing. It really has made me rethink, like, how much of this am I going to do? Right. Like, how much Botox am I going to get? And when will I be comfortable enough to let that all go? How did you get comfortable? I am not comfortable with right. it. I'm still, like, struggling with it on a daily basis. And I think that that's kind of where a lot of women fall. Yeah. It's like, I have forehead wrinkles and I have wrinkles here and, and, and all the stuff that comes with being lucky enough to live, live to 57, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a precarious balance because we're in the public eye all the time and yeah. people will take hot shots at you yeah. constantly. The amount of like, hey, grandma that I get, it's plenty. It hurts my ego a little bit. But at the same time, isn't that part of the beauty of becoming yeah. older? that we acquire more confidence exactly. because we know who we are. And we are a little easier with telling people to just piss off. Yeah. Right. All right, so let's see if I, <laughs> you know, if I if I push back my next Botox appointment. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> the moments where I feel the least secure about myself is when I am modeling. One yeah. day of modeling will set me back, like, confidence-wise, like a few months I can at totally, least. I can yeah. totally get that. I've been a model for 42 years, right? Mm -hmm. like, since I was 15. And so I'm just kind of used to stepping in front of the camera. And then I see the pictures and I go, 
whoa, <laughs> wait, this is not how I remember it looking the last time I did mm -hmm. it. Right. And so it's just the comparisons between like what I remember myself as yeah. right. and then, right. you know, being faced with the reality of what I look like now. And it's beautiful. Like, I, I think we need to switch the thing of like, oh, there's something wrong with me to there's something wrong with the world. You said it perfectly. So Paulina, you had a traumatic and offensive incident with a photographer early in your career. You talk about that a little bit? Okay, so I'm 15 years old, like Ooh. freshly 15 years old. I'm in Paris. Getting hired for any kind of a job was such a big deal yeah. because I thought that every job could be my last and you wanted to be the nice little girl and oblige everybody. And so I'm sitting there and there's a you know makeup mirror in front of me and there's a makeup artist doing my makeup. There's a hairdresser on the side. And then the photographer walks in from behind and then I feel something on my shoulder and it's like kind of warm and heavy. And he's laughing at me and the makeup artist laughing at me and the hairdresser is laughing, everybody's laughing. And I'm like, what, what is that? Kind of looks like a brown flower or, but it feels like pantyhose stuffed with mashed potatoes. Like I could not for the world figure this out. And it wasn't until he retracted it and zipped up his fly that I realized oh. it was his penis. So what? were the were the makeup artists and the other people that were in the room, were they all men? No, no. they were women. This was his wow. little joke that he did to young girls, to And I guess. it's kind of culture in that, I mean, that modeling world, Paulina, mm. was that the first time you ever saw? Well, yes, it was certainly the oh, first time I saw God. a penis. That's so disrespectful. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I so And you were on these sure. sets alone, right? Yeah, of course. Yep. Wow. I remember Karl Lagerfeld mm -hmm. telling me with you, he was like, I love that you don't leave her alone on the set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said, never, Jada, never leave her alone on the set. Exactly. And he didn't go into detail. Yeah, a lot of sexual harassment going on. Mm -hmm. And if I saw that being done now to my granddaughters or my nieces, I'd be horrified and I'll want yeah. to go and kill somebody. Yeah. 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 So let's talk love life. Oh, love life. Oh, great. But you met Rick when you were 19, mm -hmm. and you said it was love at first sight. It was kind of love even before oh, first yeah. sight, because I had um, just gotten my MTV, so like 1984, and I had accidentally seen this video, and I thought, oh, God, that guy's really hot. And his name came up, and it said Rick Okasek. And uh, about three months later, I, I was called to do an audition for a MTV video for a band called The Cars that I had never heard of because I was from Europe, so I didn't know the American bands. And the band were going to take me out to dinner before we did the video. So right. I show up at the Four Seasons and the door opens and the guy from the video walked out. And it was literally like one of those like teenage wet dreams where I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I can't breathe. There's like magnets drawn across the room to each other, and it's like, we found each other. Yeah, <laughs> that was history. So but he was he was married at the time, was oh, yeah, he not? Yeah. <laughs> Did he tell you that? No. Right. Not, not yeah. right away, obviously. Right. He told me that after a couple of weeks had gone by when we had, you know, already made out, and I was like passionately in love with this guy. And then he sort of came up with, I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm married. And I was like, what? This bombshell came while Paulina and Rick were making out. 
At some point between the kisses, I asked him to tell me something secret about himself. I meant a little confidential snippet, something only I would get to know. And that's when he told me he was married. It was a glass of cold water thrown in my face. But quickly, with my 19-year-old reasoning, I figured it always took two to be unhappy in a relationship, so clearly his was not a good marriage. That was that. We resumed kissing. I just thought, okay, so they'll divorce and, you know, I'll leave my boyfriend, he'll leave his wife, and that's good. And then, so I left my boyfriend, and then I was waiting for him to leave his wife. And then a few months in, oh, yeah, there's um, children involved. And that one was a little harder to take. Right. I was in too deep at that point. I was madly in love with him. And when he said that he needed time because there were two small children involved, I went, he's such a good dad. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it never really dawned on me that he had all the lies that had started as soon as we met. It took Rick three years to leave his wife. During that time, Paulina and Rick kept their romance secret. Eventually, they married. I became his obsession. For the first time in my life, I felt wholly desired. He would not share me. He flew into jealous rages often enough to make me understand how much I mattered to him. I stopped doing bookings where I had male counterparts. I stopped working weekends that were not convenient with his schedule. We made very few select friends together, only ones who understood that we were a package. There wasn't much room for anyone else. But adoring someone takes up a lot of room. Both of our careers suffered because we became each other's priorities. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I trusted him wholeheartedly for pretty much most of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. I was very, very much in love with him. But I started to mature and no longer was his word the word of God. God, yeah. And you have your own children. You run a family. He had a bunch of children that, you know, were all incorporated as family. I did all of that work. Mm -hmm. And I wanted him to step up a little bit more mm -hmm. to be acknowledged, I guess, for what I did. I yeah. yeah. And the more demanding I became, the further away he pulled. He pulled off. back, yeah. yeah. And I felt that as an abandonment. And so abandonment has been like, it still is, I think, my greatest fear. In what way? My parents abandoned me when I was three. They moved to Sweden in a Soviet invasion. Then my mom came back to get me when I was nine, and then I was taken away from my grandmother, who was really the woman that raised me. So there was another abandonment of somebody of my safety, of my home life, of everything I knew. And then I marry a man that seemed to love me so completely and wholly, if somewhat obsessively. Mm -hmm. And when he started backing off from me, I was like, wait, 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 like, where are you going? You know, can we, can we do therapy? Can we right. do vacations? Like, can you read the self-help book? Can you please? And he'd be like, well, it doesn't work for me. You do your thing. I'm, I'm back here. When you figure it out and you want to just be happy, then come back yep. to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. That thing, so things kept disintegrating more and more. We decided to get a divorce and we told the children and I put it out on Instagram that we were separating. And I go, okay, this is what I'm gonna post. Is this okay with you? I mean, we're still living in the same house. I was so 
concerned about him, his well-being, that he was okay. I didn't realize until much later that it, that only went one way. Actually, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be your wife. I'm gonna be like fully supportive because I know how much this means to you. Yeah. Right. And he was the only guy who didn't thank his wife on the podium. Mm. And so when we got back home, I was like, yeah, okay. So now we're going public and I'm gonna start dating. Right. And he went, okay, to your thing. So I did my thing. We lived in a really large townhouse and our children were still at home and there was no real animosity. And so I went about still being house mother and still providing food and still making sure he had his favorite yogurt, even though we slept in separate bedrooms for many years by that time already. So like to me, all of this was, you know, strictly, strictly above the table. When I found a man and I fell in love, I told my husband, my husband went, oh, well, good for you. You know, I'm glad he's not a musician. That's all I got to say. After we had separated, I had fallen in love with someone else, and I was in a relationship with this man when my husband died. I've never spoken about this publicly, though I've never hidden it either. My friends and family were all aware. My husband knew him. We talked openly about my boyfriend. We discussed getting apartments close to each other after we sold our home so we could help each other when needed. I thought we had found the perfect way to navigate the end of our marriage. And you guys were, were actually divorced? We were separated. Okay. And we were going to do like the final divorce papers after we sold the house so that we knew exactly right. what the yeah. assets were. Right. Gotcha. And he did get a really, really evil lawyer, divorce lawyer, during this period and didn't tell me about it. And I thought we were going to get mediators. All of a sudden, shark lawyers came in and, you know, yep. oh, no, you don't get this and you don't get this and you don't get this. And I go to my husband and go, what, what, what's going on here? Oh, don't worry about it, he'd say. Don't worry about it. It's just a beginning negotiation. And I told her to treat you fairly. Mm. And I was like, you know, she has one of the worst reputations in like the United States, right? And that never went anywhere because then he died. Tell us about that day. So he had surgery because he had... Um, they found stage zero lung cancer. So it was kind of good news. You know, he had gone in for a CAT scan just to be sure, because he had been a heavy smoker, rock star, you know. Right. Um, and so they found it super early and it was like, hey, this is great. It's like we're finding it before it makes any trouble whatsoever. And I said, honey, don't worry. I'm, I'm there, I'm taking care of you. We're gonna get through this together. Don't worry for a second, I'll be there. Right. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy. Thank you so much. We went through the surgery, me and the boys. I mean, we were all there and, you know, making him dinner, taking care of him, all of that stuff that you do for somebody that you love. Right. And he was recovering really well. It's like two weeks, he was walking around. Um, he was starting to feel much better. He was sleeping better. And this night I went out for a friend's birthday. I made sure that my boys were at home. And as I was going back home, I remember I bought like these like warm cookies from like one of those like stands on, on, the, mm -hmm. on the New York streets. And I came home and, and he was sitting up in his chair in the living room where he always said, and I was like, hey, honey, I brought you some warm cookies. And he said, you know what? I'm feeling kind of tired. I think, uh, can you save them for me for tomorrow? And I said, sure. And he went to sleep. The next morning, it's like, you know, nine, 10, he still wasn't up, but he tended to sleep late rock star hours. Yeah. And so by 11, I was like, mm, 
he's sleeping in a little bit too long. So I'm going to make him a cup of coffee and I'm going to bring it up to him. Like maybe he's not feeling so great. And I brought him a cup of coffee and, and he just looked like he was sleeping. So I set the coffee down next to him. And that's when I saw his face. I saw his eyes and they didn't look like eyes anymore. And It all kind of started going through my head. Mm. I was like, oh, I can't move. Oh, I think I'm going to pass. Oh, no, I, my legs are giving out. Okay, and I'm just going to hmm, fall onto the floor here. Well, this is interesting. Right. And that coupled with this, like, panic, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, uh, and then I think my only thought was, uh, I have to get to my children. I have to get mm -hmm. to my boys. Yeah. I was kind of lucky that they were both at home. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't walk. I, I crawled downstairs on my elbows, like three flights of stairs on my elbows, because I couldn't use my legs. Just the damnedest thing. It's wow. like how you know, your body just yeah shuts yeah. down, yeah. shuts off. Yeah. And then my boys. I think witnessing my. Witnessing the pain of my children was probably some of the worst things that has ever happened to me. Yeah. 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 I can only imagine. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just thinking, you know, it's so deep. It is. As I'm listening to you talk, you know, and I, I think about my life. And I remember talking to this older actress, her name was Ruby D. And she said one of the things that she wished when Ozzie Davis died, which was her husband, and they were married for decades. Yeah, decades. Decades. And um, through so many ups and downs, but she said to me, you know, I wish I had laughed with him more. She's like, the one thing I want to tell you, Jada, she was like, marriages go through their seasons, you know, they go through their changes, she said, but um, when a loved one dies, you don't even think about all that has transpired, all of the foolishness that goes on within a marriage, you know? And when I'm listening to you, that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, you empathetic souls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that comes to mind, you know. Do you feel like you had a moment? That moment where it didn't matter. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I, for about two days, all I remember, well, I mean, first you're just kind of in this fog um, of, you know, I have to call his children. It's up to me. It's like, I, I have to do this. I have to do this. You know, choosing out the clothing for the coffin, which was really rough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never realized how sad shoes were. Yeah. yeah. Shoes. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, just yep. opening the closet and seeing his shoes. Yeah. So while doing that, you know, I opened an envelope that says this is the will and the testament. And 
and his writing that says, I will not provide for my wife because she abandoned me. Whoa. Paulina writes that Rick had decided to disinherit her. He used the legal system to try to prevent her from inheriting money after he passed. By using the word abandonment, my husband wasn't just making a hyperbolic statement, he was making a legal claim. Abandonment of a spouse, legally speaking, is when a person's partner disappears and cannot be contacted for the duration of at least a year. I was in no state to process it, honestly. I just went, I was like, well, that's a lie. Yeah. So maybe he was angry and like he had jotted this down and somebody took it down as a memo and like pasted it on. And it's like somebody made a mistake. But people kept bringing it back up to me. And then the press got a hold of it because it was put in a way that it could be publicly released. He could have made it secret. They didn't. So then all of a sudden, I'm in a position of, what did you do to him? Yeah. Like, what did you do? Like, what kind of beastly wife were you? Yeah. So then you're put put in defense mode. Yeah. Yeah. Made out to be the bad. The bad witch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was a man that I was just bringing a coffee to. How did we go from being, like, best friends and family to him publicly Mm. shaming me? Why do you think that he did that? I saw some text on the phone. My girlfriend, uh, when she came for the funeral, went, P, look at his phone. Go into his phone and, and, and look. You, you need to do this. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, uh, and she's like, if you don't do it, I'll do it. So I looked through his phone and I found some interesting communications between him and his divorce lawyer. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But it was his choice to hire her. And when she kept pushing, he went and did as she suggested. Wow. So. I know he didn't expect to. No. Right. No, he didn't expect to die. He didn't expect to die. His lawyers didn't expect Expect him him to to die. die. Yeah. So I think ultimately in myself, I have decided to solve it by going, (sighs) I, I don't know that this makes me very sane, but. When love ends, when it really ends, when you no longer love somebody, you just walk away and you never look back. So him being vindictive towards me, I went, you know, he he still loved me and his obsessive crazy love was still in there Mm -hmm. and he wanted to hurt me one last time. And weirdly enough, I can forgive that. Because you have understanding around it. Yeah. Well, you write in your book about being broke after Rick died. Okay, so I was very specifically broke. I just want to set that right so that people don't, you know, accuse me of lying. I was a woman with um, assets. I had two mortgaged houses and I had a pension plan that I can access in 10 years and zero cash and no way to pay for anything. So I was in a really, really peculiar position yeah. of like right. being a woman with assets and no money. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And it yeah, because that's that's very different. Full thing. down COVID. Yeah. So and uh, property values in New York had just fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had to sell my house immediately because I 
couldn't pay. I couldn't right. You had no liquid. Mm -hmm. I had zero liquid. Zero liquid and zero. So like yeah, I was asking my friends to buy our groceries for a little while. Yeah. Wow. So you didn't have any money for groceries. No. 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 No cash. No cash. Yeah, that had to be scary. Yeah. There were so many things that sucked at that point. Yeah. The worst part of the betrayal was not that he took away the income Rick and I had been using to live. The worst part was that he publicly declared that I had abandoned him. For the next two years, I had to sue my own business manager, who was now the trustee of Rick's estate, and by extension, my own children and stepchildren, who were the beneficiaries of the estate. During those two years, I learned more about money than I had in my entire life up to that point. When I signed a contract with Estee Lauder in 1988, it was the largest modeling contract ever signed at that point. All that money went into the family purse. I had no real idea what happened to it, whether it was saved, spent, or invested. Our business manager always spoke to my husband about our finances, and I would just get the condensed version from Rick later. Don't worry. It was so nice not to have to worry. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The will got settled out of court. Under New York law, I don't get a half as you do in a divorce, you get a third. At least I got my third and I'm out, that's it. I don't wanna have to ever think about that again. If I need money, I'm gonna have to make money and that's the way it is. It's like, to me, money, because of how I grew up, I grew up without money. And when I was nine years old, my mom went to Italy because she was having a nervous breakdown and somehow dad was supposed to look after us and he didn't get the memo so they just, left us alone. So I was nine and my little brother was three and we were in two weeks by ourselves. And I ran out of food after a week and I had to, you know, go and steal in a, in a supermarket to, you know, get food for the second week. And uh, to this day, I really don't like white bread and spreadable yeah. cheese because that's what I kept stealing. Mm. <laughs> so I know how to survive. Right, mm-hmm. yep. And then there was another abandonment That was my boyfriend leaving me. He just walked away without ever looking back on the day that I was moving out of my house when I probably needed him most. I don't understand saying you love somebody and walking off and being like, you're just too much for me. I love you, like I, I really love you, but he said he didn't have the fortitude to stay with me. He couldn't have a healthy relationship with me because I was too up. Right. I mean, he had a point. I was grieving my husband so, right. and uh, had no money and was going through menopause and had to sell my house. So yeah, maybe I was not in the best place of my life. There's a good year where I'm like, I don't recall much, but like walking through the woods behind my house, um, playing like Herman and the Hermits, the end of the world and just howling. Yeah. 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 Sometimes that's just... That's what it, it takes. <laughs> yeah. That's what it that's takes sometimes. Sometimes that's all we got. Yes. yes. Coming in the hermits. I, I have a pretty hard time trusting people. Yeah, I could see that. 100%. Yeah. I think when someone says, I love you, I think we think you're going to love me whether I'm up or down or happy or sad. For better or for worse. Exactly, and then when they're like, oh no, I only love you like this. Right. No, I, I only love you when, when it's when like When you're this. not complaining. Exactly. Right. I, I think we, like in the first stages, it's so like- Intense. Intense and hot and passionate and fiery, right? And so you want the same things 
at that moment. Then you start peeling the back onion, the peeling back like the, the layers. layers of who people really, really are. We what they've been through. We can't really see what we want when we're in the passion of mm -hmm. it all. Exactly. Once that kind of dies down and like life takes its course, it's like, no, 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 I need someone who can show up with me. Yep. It's really about getting to those next stages of togetherness. And you always say, Jada, and I love that, is you don't really know who somebody is until you've been in the battle with them. You on the, have you, on the until you've been on yeah. the battlefield. Is it, it's one thing to know somebody. And you somebody don't really know yourself either. Right? It's good, one thing to know somebody, point. you know, really when point. everything yeah. is going well. But who's the person that shows up when stuff isn't yeah. going that great? Exactly. At the end of the day, I think, that's a big lesson for all of us. But when it's a then partnership. But when there's a partnership, you're like, let's just work together exactly. to, to figure this out because that's part of the humanness of well, it all. you're right, because yeah, sure, crazy love infatuation. Oh, it's just the two of us on a mountaintop making love forever. Yes. Right. And then it's like children and responsibilities and this and this and this and this. And then that's when it comes to a partnership, right? Yeah. Where you partnership, I feel, is I'm there for you when you need me and you'll be there for for me when I need you. Yeah. And um, I haven't found, found that one yet. Yeah. But now I'm 57 and I'm in the dating pool. What is that like? It's yeah. a small pool. Dirty little puddle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dirty little puddle. <laughs> Girls, ladies, it sucks. <laughs> Well, it turns out that on the dating apps, men our age, my right. age, that are willing to sleep with women our age have slept with all my girlfriends already. So, right. <laughs> like, we're, there's like these five guys we keep passing around. And so <laughs> I, they're like, so did you sleep with him yet? Yeah, don't, don't bother. <laughs> okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's the first problem. The second problem is all my friends are like, okay, so you need to date real people. That's your problem, is that, you know, you think you need to date celebrities. Right. No, 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 you need to get real. You need to date real people, real men that are gonna respect you, you know, that are, that are gonna act the way that, you know, real people should, not the narcissists that you always deal with. Right. Well, the challenges of dating <laughs> real men when you are a celebrity. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's fascinating because yeah. basically you walk in there and you're either a trophy mm -hmm. and they're like really sweaty and nervous and they're like, yeah, so like I, I told my buddy that I was going out with a supermodel. I'm already like, geez. Yeah. Oh, you told all your friends, did you? Oh, right. That's sexy. This is totally going to work. <laughs> right. Or there's a lot of, well, let me tell you about all the things life. I've done. Yeah. Right. Because like yeah. you might be a celebrity and all, but I've done some really awesome things too. <laughs> right. And then follows two hours of me being like, that's mm, great. Right. You sold those billboards, huh? That's fantastic. <laughs> are there any other options? Or are, 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 this is the only two. Maybe, uh, I'm like, what about like men in different countries? You know? Thank you, darling. I'm gonna have to start traveling. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. No, I wouldn't know. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about your sons. You have two sons, oh, right? My boys. Yeah. Well, I have two sons, but I also have four stepsons. Okay. Oh, so so it's life is all boys. That's all boys. Yeah. And they're really close to each other. They yeah, just actually just all took a, a vacation in Cancun together. Awesome. Plus my brother. 
It's oh, like that's we great. are a tight knit family. That's beautiful. And I did that. I'm yeah. taking credit for yeah. that because that was not my husband. Well, we're going to give you credit because. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that credit. Yeah. Take yeah. It. Well, your boy sent a little red table what? talk surprise. Wait, yeah. <laughs> Roll it. Hello, everyone. My name is Oliver Okasik. And hi, I'm Jonathan Okasik. One of the most important things that my mom taught me over the years is that it is actually possible to reinvent yourself. It's a long road between being some hot chick on the cover of a magazine and being an intellectual who's actually talking about some of the real problems behind aging. And just the fact that she has managed to do that is astounding to me. For my part, uh, the most important piece of advice I feel like my mom ever gave me was you always want to do um, everything to the, the maximum of what you're capable of. And she puts her heart and soul into everything she does. In terms of this book, I learned a lot about my mother I was dealing with this great tragedy internally and how she was trying to heal from this terrible time. I mean, to see a path forward and it really gave me a path forward for myself as well. Yeah, come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So That's cute. beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. guess I couldn't have tell, told you any better how fantastic my sons are. No, right? <laughs> we got to see it for ourselves. <laughs> we got to okay, see Okay, wait, it for I'm ourselves. totally bawling here. And Jonathan got engaged? Jonathan got engaged in London uh, a couple of months ago to oh, his longtime awesome. girlfriend. Oh, awesome. They've been together for almost eight years, and as of today, she just passed the bar in New York. Wow! Good for her. Congrats. That is a big accomplishment. Yes. So, Maria Shriver mm -hmm. reached out to you and told you you should write a book. Yeah, that was kind of uh, out of the blue right. thing. So, I'm going through this period of time grieving, kind of having a little nervous breakdown, being really alone, it's COVID. I'm posting my emotions of how I feel on Instagram. Right. And I'm getting to be known as the crying lady of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Which I had no idea, by right. the way. I was so desperate and so lonely. I felt like I was drowning and I was just throwing little bottles with little messages going, help me, help me, somebody, please. And it turns out there were women who felt like me yes. yeah. that were suffering, that were in pain, that were losing people in COVID that couldn't even say goodbye to their loved ones. I mean, yeah. Yeah. the world was a crap place to be. It's kind of like they all, they, they found me and mm -hmm. I found them. And then Maria Shriver calls me up. Like, I know Maria Shriver, right? Like, right. I, I know who Maria Shriver is, of course, but it's not like I hang. Right, right, um, right. And she said, I follow you on Instagram and I have an imprint and I'm only going to publish three to four books a year and I want them to make a difference in the world. And would you write a book for me? Wow. wow. Well, Maria Shriver sent you some RTT love too. Hi, Red Table Talk family. Hi, Paulina. I just wanted to say how proud I am of you for writing this book, for sharing your truth, for being a candle in the dark to millions of women. I had seen you on Instagram a couple years ago, and I said, this woman is at the beginning of what is gonna be a fascinating journey to finding herself again, reclaiming her life, claiming her power. I know some days are still really tough and some days you feel like you've found your purpose through your pain. 
I hope you keep talking about aging, keep talking about grief. We're blessed to be the age that we are, and you are shining a light on that and lighting the way. I'm really, really proud of you. Bravo. Hey, Maria. You know, yes. Maria's a gangster OG. Yes, yes. I feel like, look, three Barbara Walters? <laughs> <laughs> I never had a chance to cry with her, so thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Paulina. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you for this book. I'm in agreement with Maria. Yeah, I think that it's, it's been an inspiration. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's really given me plenty of food for thought, and I certainly, certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's so kind of you to yeah. say thank Absolutely. you. And thank you. Yeah. And it's so fascinating to have three women of three generations. You like this this show rocks to hear from each of you and your intellectual curiosity and your empathy to share. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Paulina. Thank we you really enjoyed yes. this table. And Paulina's new book is called No Filter, The Good, The Bad, and The Beautiful. Go get it. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Paulina. Should I take my high heels off? No, we're, we're no, tiny. It's all good. No, don't take your high heels off. Okay, you read my chapter on height. It's about <laughs> me feeling like Shrek. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. you can take them off. Do you want me to go at your treats in the theater? Oh, you want to see my Birkenstocks with this dress? <laughs> that would just like be a bad fashion choice, guys. <laughs> Look, I'm normal. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season... 
We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 